0: There's a lot of information out there about what it means to be an empath, and in fact, I made myself a nifty list of characteristics that supposedly describe what an empath is. I'm going to read this list to you. Empaths are too sensitive. Empaths are sponges who absorb other people's emotions. Gross. Empaths have to be careful so they don't get drained. Empaths are targets for narcissists and energy vampires. Holy crap. Empaths must have strong boundaries with others, or else what? They melt? Empaths are introverts who need a lot of alone time. Really? Do you know what I think of this list? Today, we're telling a new story. We're telling a new story of what it means to be an empath and what the characteristics of an empath are in this new energy. Maybe the characteristics that I just shared with you in this list were true in a past era, but we are in a different energy. We're in a different level of consciousness now, and now there's a new way to be an empath, and this is exactly what I'm going to help you do in this video. So if you're extremely sensitive to energy, you may be an empath, and in this video, I'm going to teach you how to look at your empathic abilities in a new way so you can thrive in this world. Not just survive, but thrive in this exciting new world. Roll trailer. Hello, beautiful soul. It's so good to see you. This is Christina Lopes, the heart alchemist, here to help you open your heart, heal your past, and live with purpose. In this video, we're going to talk about what it means to be an empath and how you can develop your empathic abilities so that you become more empowered and more powerful as an empath, as opposed to feeling like you're some kind of fragile, sensitive being that just can't stand the energies of a harsh world. (laughs) That seems to be the mindset that has been given to us about what it means to be an empath, but I really don't resonate with that at all. So This video is all about telling a new story about what it means to be an empath and how how you can step into your power as an empath. Because here's the thing, being an empath is a big gift, and it's a gift that comes with a lot of responsibility, so I'm going to help you develop that in this video. This video is divided in four parts to make it easier for you. In part one, we're going to define what an empath is. Then in part two, we're going to review some of the the, the top four myths of what it means to be an empath, and we're going to just bust these myths once and for all. Then in part three, I'm going to share the two stages of empathic development so that you know right away what stage of development you're at and how you can get to the most mature state, which is the empowered empath stage. And then in the fourth part of the video, I'm going to give you some tips on exactly how you can become an empowered empath today. All right, let's get started. So from the research uh, from blog posts and videos that I did, I came up with a generalized definition. This is what the majority of blog posts and videos out there have as a definition for what it means to be an empath. So here's the general definition. An empath is someone who feels and absorbs other people's emotions and energy because they have lower defenses than non-empaths. All right, I don't like this definition at all, so I'm going to give you a new definition. This is the old I consider this an old definition of, of what it means to be an empath, but now we're in new energy. So I'm going to give you a new definition. This is how I see empaths. Empaths are gifted at detecting reading and processing the energy around them. So, the reason that I like this second definition better than the first one is because first it's empowering, whereas the first one was a bit disempowering. The second definition is more empowering, but it's also more technical. So it gives you a better understanding of what an empath is doing on a technical level, on an energy level. An empath is a fine-tuned instrument, a fine tuned instrument of energy reading. An empath can detect, they can process, they can read information, okay? And and the the ways That that empaths do this because you may be asking, you know, like how the heck does an empath detect or process energy? Well, there are two main ways that an empath does this. The first way is spiritual, the second way is more physical. So in spiritually, what what's going on with an empath is that an empath's energy system, the quantum part of, of an empath, the electromagnetic field of an empath, the energy system of an empath is more porous. Okay, and the way that my guides showed this to me is that they they gave me the example of a glass door versus a screen door. Okay, so a non-empath, a person that doesn't have empathic abilities, they are usually their energy system. Is kind of like a glass door. So when you close a glass door, you can see outside, you can see the flowers, you can see everything going on outside, but glass, it's very containing. So it means that if rain hits it, it won't come in, it'll it'll kind of protect you from the wind moving back and forth, rain, temperature changes. Okay? So glass presents a bigger barrier. but. An empath, on the other hand, their energy system is like a screen door. (laughs) So the screen door still has some kind of of protection mechanism in the sense that it lets, you know, it doesn't let mosquitoes in or it doesn't let flies in. So the animals are kept out, but the screen door doesn't do much in terms of, of protecting you from rain or from wind or from temperature because all of that moves in and out of a screen door. So a screen door is more porous than a glass door. And this is the example that I was given um, between empaths and non-empaths. So empaths have an energy system that's more porous. It communicates more easily with the outside environment. That's another way of putting it. So an empath's energy system is more porous. It communicates more easily with the the outside and inside, okay? On a physical level, empaths are also a little different from non-empaths. And that is the empath's actual body is a bit different, specifically their nervous system. So the nervous system of an empath is extremely sensitive. To changes in energy. So the changes in energy are first perceived in the energy system of the empath, so that screen door, the energy comes in and then eventually it's picked up by the nervous system. The nervous system is the medium that translates energy into actual 3D manifestations, okay? And the energy, the nervous system of an empath is extremely sensitive and extremely excitable, much more than a non-empath. So these are the two ways in which which the empath can actually detect, read, and process energy from the outside world. As a side note, I want to distinguish between an empath and empathy, (laughs) because I think that's important. So empathy is an emotion that we all have at any given moment in our lives. And what empathy is, is the ability for me to understand, to imagine what someone else is going through, okay? But being an empath takes empathy to an extreme. <laughs> because what the empath can do is, the empath can not only imagine or understand, the empath, empath can actually feel on themselves what the other person is feeling. So I'll give you an example of how this works. In everyday life. So, if a client comes, if I'm working with a client and that client has a heart block for whatever reason, maybe they were heartbroken, maybe a relationship just ended and they just shut their heart immediately. When they come to work with me, I know right away they don't need to tell me anything. They could just sit in front of me with their mouths closed, but I know right away that their hearts are blocked. Why? Because I start to feel chest pain, <laughs> I start to feel difficulty breathing. So, you see, My empathic abilities pick up on the fact that that person has a blocked heart. I can actually feel in my body what that person is going through, and that's way to the end of the spectrum when it comes to empathy. Okay, So this is the difference between empathy and being an empath. Now to part two of the video, and that is the top four myths about empaths. The first one is a really pervasive uh, myth that's all over the place still, and it's the myth that an empath absorbs other people's emotions and energy. Okay, now here's the thing I want to insert one word (laughs) in this statement that makes all the difference, and that one word is can. Okay, an empath can absorb other people's emotions or energies if they want to. (laughs) Okay, the empath has a choice at any given moment, the empath has a choice to take energy in if they want to absorb it or not. If they don't want to. And that's something that's not really discussed a lot because the majority of the the belief system out there around being an empath is this idea that the empath doesn't have choice, that they're just super sensitive and they just have to learn how to cope with being an empath. And that means that, you know, if someone has this horrible energy, you're just inevitably going to take it on because that's just your nature as an empath. No, 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 no. (laughs) Okay? An empath can absorb other people's emotions or energy if they choose choose to. Okay? Please don't ever forget this. This is super important for your development as an empath. So this is a myth. This is wrong. (laughs) All right? Always remember the can. You can absorb emotions or feelings or energy if you want to, and only if you want to. Now to myth number two, <laughs> and this one gets me fired up. Myth number two is that empaths are introverted. <laughs> okay, so this one I learned from personal experience, but also in working with countless and countless clients. I have a hypothesis. I think it's, it's unverified hypothesis, but it's still a hypothesis, and I'm going to share it with you. I believe that the majority of empaths on the planet are actually not introverted naturally. (laughs) We're made to believe that empaths are in the majority of, of their time, they are introverts And that's their natural tendency. But here's the thing. I don't think this is true at all. It wasn't true in my case, and it's not true in the case of countless clients and people that I've connected with all over the world already. So I have enough of a sample size to be able to confidently say that I think my hypothesis is correct, but it still hasn't been verified or unverified. So here's the thing. I think that empaths become introverts as a coping mechanism because they don't know how to deal with the energies that come their way, especially really powerful, really intense energies, really negative energies. So Usually, the empath, usually early on in their life, they really don't know how to cope with being an empath. They don't have the skills very frequently, especially if they're not raised by empaths or if they're raised by people who have no idea about what their sensitivities are. The empath has to learn how to cope with being an empath early on in life. And usually what happens is the empath will find that if, they, if they're in a social situation and they start to feel horrible physical symptoms or they start to go into anxiety or panic or they start to feel the energy and it doesn't feel good, the empath finds that if they just run home or isolate themselves that they feel better. And so the empath has this learned behavior of isolating themselves simply because they don't know how to work with their empathic abilities. So that's my hypothesis. My hypothesis is actually that the majority of empaths are in fact extroverted naturally on their soul level, and that they've simply become introverted as a coping mechanism for the fact that they don't know how to deal with the energies around them. Now why do I say that I think the majority of empaths are extroverts? Because an empath comes to this earth, your soul chose to have empathic abilities. for for a purpose, for a reason. And the reason is empaths are here to help the planet transition energy, to help people transition their energy, and to help bring more light, to help ascend the level of consciousness on the planet. And you can't really do that if you're isolated in a cave, can you? (laughs) So the the empath very frequently, more often than not, comes not only with empathic abilities, but also with the ability to mingle, to connect with others, to be with others, to be extra. Now that doesn't mean that there aren't introverts that are empaths, that there are a lot of natural introverts that are empaths, but I think that it's less common than what we're told by, you know, countless articles and blog posts and whatever. I think that there are in fact more extroverts naturally than there are introverts. The third myth is that empaths are a target for narcissists and energy vampires. I get fired up with this one because I, I really I, I really don't like it when, when I read this or when I hear this anywhere because here's the thing. This statement is giving the impression that the empath is a poor little victim and they're attracting this big bad wolf narcissists that are just coming to take advantage of them. Isn't that what that sounds like? It's very disempowering when you read stuff like this. And here is the spiritual truth that if this has happened to you, if you keep bringing in narcissists and energy vampires into your reality, this is super pertinent for you because I'm talking to an empath. You are an empath that I am training today, so empaths, narcissists, and energy vampires Empaths are not targets of narcissists or energy vampires. If a narcissist or energy vampire comes into your reality, it's because the empath and that narcissist have lessons to learn with each other. The empath and the energy vampire have lessons to learn with each other because that's how the spiritual world works. So the bigger picture here is for you to realize that the empath attracts the narcissist through some kind of unhealed wound that they have. And usually the unhealed wound is it's an empath that's disempowered that keeps giving away their power easily. So if you keep giving away your power easily, if that's an unhealed wound that you have, of course you're going to attract someone who likes to take power. That's technically what a narcissist is, although I don't really like to use the term narcissist, because. Again, this is really rooted in separation consciousness, and it gives the idea that the narcissist is like a horrible person or whatever, and I really don't like to label things like that. I'm just labeling it. For the sake of having this conversation with you. But spiritually, a narcissist is just someone who consciously or unconsciously derives their power from taking it from others, okay? Whereas the empath, an unhealed empath, has the opposite pattern. An unhealed empath gives away their power because that's the way that they feel validated in the world. Okay? So an unhealed empath can attract a narcissist for sure. An unhealed Healed empath can attract energy uh, vampires, but this is not a given, and this only happens when there are unhealed wounds on both parts of the equation, the empath and the narcissist. So an empath is never a victim in a situation. This isn't about being a victim. You must empower yourself and realize that if this is happening to you, there are unhealed wounds that you need to look within. Those need to be healed, okay? So this is this myth about, you know, empaths being targets this has just got to go, okay? It's got to go. The The real reason that an empath would bring in a narcissist or energy vampire is simply because there is an energetic resonance in that in that situation. And if you heal yourself as an empath, if you heal those wounds, you won't keep attracting souls that take power away because your wound of giving power will be healed. So I want you to remember this because this is an important myth. I want you to remember this. Narcissists and energy vampires can only remain connected to an empath who is unhealed, okay? So it's time to heal. (laughs) Myth number four is empaths are fragile. Oh boy, these myths get me fired up if you haven't if you haven't noticed these myths really get me fired up because they're so uh, ingrained in our collective consciousness that it's taking a while for us to free ourselves from these uh, from these really detrimental beliefs. So here's the thing. I want you to see a difference between being sensitive and being fragile, okay? An empath is anything but fragile. Now it may seem like an empath is fragile because if you have developed certain habits of running away from social situations, for instance, when, when you feel energies, I used to do this. The majority of my life, this is what I did. I was such a sensitive empath that I developed this introversion. I isolated myself. I remember I got to a point where I would go to parties and without my friends realizing this is what I was doing in my head, I would go to parties and I would immediately look around and I would be searching for two ways out, one the bathroom and one the exit. So I wouldn't go to a bar, I wouldn't go to a club, I wouldn't go anywhere unless I knew where the bathroom was or where the exit was. I would immediately pinpoint it. Why? Because if the energies got really intense, I would run, I'd bolt. That was my, that was my coping mechanism at the time, okay? Unbeknownst to my friends, nobody knew what was going on, but this is how I unconsciously coped with being an empath. All right? And the reason that I did that was because I believed that I was fragile. All right? So this is a belief that's ingrained in the old way of us looking at empaths. But no more. Remember, we're telling a new story. Empaths are sensitive. They are not fragile. There is a huge difference between fragility and sensitivity. They are not synonyms. And I'll give you an iconic example so you never forget what the difference is. Okay? I'll give you an iconic example. Even if you're not Christian or religious, you've probably seen the image of Jesus nailed to a cross, haven't you? And what does that image portray? If you look at that image and if you look at Jesus as a spiritual master, even if you know nothing about Christianity or not much about Jesus, you probably know that he was a spiritual master. Jesus was a highly sensitive spiritual master who actually performed what was called at the time miracles. (laughs) Okay? And he performed miracles. Why? Because he had extreme sensitivities. He was an empath. All right? So Jesus was extremely sensitive. But if you know what he went through before he died, if you know his If you haven't seen you know, Passion of the Christ or any movie about the crucifixion um, I can't watch those movies because they're too bloody, but if you look at the crucifixion scene You would never in your mind say that Jesus was fragile. You would never look at a picture of a man nailed to a cross as he was, and you would never say, oh man, that dude's fragile, would you? He wasn't fragile. He was extremely resilient and extremely strong, but he was sensitive. So that iconic image of Jesus nailed to a cross is the example that I give a lot of times to show you the difference between fragility and sensitivity. Okay. They are not the same things. Sensitivity comes with a lot of strength. You can't be open. You cannot be open and sensitive unless you're strong because you would crumble. <laughs> you would crumble with the pressure of all of the energies. So a sensitive is, automatically someone who's extremely resilient. So you, my friend, are not fragile in any way, shape, or form. You're not a fragile little wallflower that falls over with every little bit of negative energy that falls your way. You are not. You are a sensitive, strong, powerful empath. Your empathic abilities are your superpower. Now to the third part of the video, and that is the two stages of empathic development. The majority of empaths don't know this, but there are actually two stages in your empathic development. Um, And it's really important that you know these two stages so that you can get yourself to a more mature stage and develop yourself and have a better understanding of what it really means to develop your empathic skills. So the two stages of empathic development are the disempowered stage and the empowered stage. All right? Now, I'm going to give you um, you some key differences between the empowered and the disempowered stage. And the one key thing to remember is that the, the, those characteristics that I gave you in the beginning of the video with my little funny list, those characteristics are coming from empaths that are teaching from a disempowered stage, okay? And so if you're teaching from a disempowered stage, then you're going to give definitions that are disempowering. All right? But that's only one stage of being an empath. You can be in another stage. <laughs> you can be in the empowered stage. And so I'm going to compare them now. So the dis in the disempowered stage, this usually occurs early in your life from childhood on when you start to develop certain coping mechanisms that turn out to be negative later on. So this is when the empath will start feeling the energies. They know they're really powerful. They don't know what to do. So they'll, they'll start running away from people. They'll start spending a lot of time alone because they don't know how to deal with the energies of other people around them. But here's the thing. People can stay in the disempowered stage their whole lives if they don't know their power and if they don't develop their own empathic abilities. Okay? So being a disempowered empath doesn't just occur early on in your life. You can stay in that stage your whole life if you don't develop your inner power. All right? So usually the disempowered stage starts early on in life and it can carry through until the person or has a spiritual awakening or maybe they're just surrounded by people who know what it means to be an empowered empath and they teach them these skills and so the person is able to break free from the disempowering stage and move into the empowered stage. The empowered stage usually occurs later on in life or when the person has had a spiritual awakening or when they start to develop the, their inner power and they start to know who they are. Okay? So so this is kind of the when <laughs> of these two stages, usually disempowered stage earlier on, empowered stage sometimes later on, but it can be earlier and earlier and earlier. This is why I'm shooting this video because if you're 18 years old and watching this video, you can jump into the empowered stage today. Here's another characteristic that distinguishes disempowered empaths from empowered empaths, and that is the one core belief that each of them have. Okay, This is, if you could write this down, if you have a notebook, write this down because this is going to be transformative in your own journey. The core belief that a disempowered empath has is this one. The energy that presents itself in front of me is stronger than I am. You see, this is the core belief. Whether the empath is consciously aware of it or not, a disempowered empath will hold this core belief. The energy that presents itself in front of me is stronger than I am. That's why you run. That's why you isolate yourself. That's why you lock yourself in your house and you don't want to go out to parties or get togethers or whatever because you're running away from the energy, because you believe it's stronger than you, because if you didn't believe it was stronger than you, you'd have no reason to run, okay? There would be no reason to isolate. I did this for so many years until I came to the conclusion that yes, this was a core belief that I had. I kept running away from energy because it scared me. I didn't know how to deal with it, and I thought ultimately that it was stronger than me. The core belief that an empowered empath has is very different. Listen to this core belief. The core belief of an empowered empath is this. There is no energy stronger than me. (laughs) Do you feel the power in that? I'm going to say it again, there's no energy stronger than me. This is the belief of an empowered empath, and if you have this core belief, just switching from the disempowered belief to the empowered belief, it will change your life as an empath. This happened to me. This happens to tons of my clients, your life shifts just in a snap by switching from one belief to the other. The third characteristic that distinguishes disempowered empaths from empowered empaths is choice. Okay? So a disempowered empath doesn't believe that they have choice in the matter. So a disempowered empath will usually run away from social situations, or they'll just kind of shrivel away when they're presented with negative energy. They'll do all kinds of things because they, they believe that they don't have choice in the matter. They think, oh, I'm just an empath. That's just me. That's just naturally me. I have to find coping mechanisms for this, okay? So So the disempowered empath doesn't see choice in the scenario. The uh, empowered empath knows that they have a choice in any given situation of whether they want to take in energy or not, whether they want to absorb and interact and dance with the energy and have fun with it or not. Okay? And this is key to the empath's power. So I'll give you a couple of examples to illustrate how this choice plays out in everyday life. So let's say that. I go somewhere, okay? I go somewhere. Let's say I go to a bar and I'm coming up with the idea of a bar because there's a lot of dense energies in bars, especially with alcohol, any kind of substance, there's a lot of dense energy. So I walk in a bar, all right? And I immediately feel really strong, really heavy, really dense energy coming my way. At that moment, because I'm an empowered empath, I say, nope, I'm not taking that. I'm not taking that. I'm not interacting with that. I am in this moment going to become a living fire. Okay? Now, the choice and the image that I want you to to keep with this is that the empath at that moment chooses that the energy is not to their liking, they won't won't absorb it because why would you want to absorb anything negative into your body, anything dense? Why would you want to do that? So They decide that they don't want that. That's not something that they want, so they become a living fire, meaning that any negative energy that comes their way is immediately burned and transmuted. It's turned into love. Okay? That's what a living fire is. It's love. So the empath at that moment, I walk in the bar, I don't really care for the energy. It's a bit heavy. So at that moment, I become a living fire. I'm not taking any of this energy. It's coming to me. It's coming into my energy system, sure, but it's only staying there for a fraction of a second because I'm burning and transmuting it. That's part of my mission as an empowered empath. I go into a space and I clean it out. I don't run away from it anymore because I wouldn't be empowered if I did that. So instead of getting to the door of the bar and then running home because there's heavy energy, that's not what I do. I walk in the bar, I I detect the dense energy, I become a living fire burning everything that comes my way, transmuting it into love. Okay, This is scenario one where I choose that I don't want to absorb the energy. Now scenario two, (laughs) let's say I go to a satsang or I go to an ashram or I go somewhere where there's a group of people and maybe a really highly ascended energy, maybe in the form of a spiritual master, or just to get together with really lighthearted, joyful, beautiful people. Okay? So I get to this get together and immediately because I'm an empath, I start to detect the energy. Remember, I'm a fine tuned detection machine. So, I start to detect the energy and it's delicious. <laughs> so, at that moment, because the energy is ascended, it's delicious, it's beautiful. At that moment, I don't need to be a living fire in that situation. I can choose to be a sponge. Okay? So, now, because I'm presented with delicious, beautiful, high vibration energy, I can choose to be a sponge in that situation and say, I'd like to take this in. And so, I take it in. I partake in the beautiful, beautiful light energy. You see, there's a choice again. I entered a situation, the energy was beautiful and high vibration, and I chose to be a sponge in that situation. So I'm constantly moving back and forth between being a sponge and absorbing energy or being a living fire and burning energy and transmuting it. You see, the empowered empath always knows they're toggling between these two states at any given moment in their life. They know they have a choice and they they know they have a lot of power when they make this choice. This is another good way to remember it also. I love this statement so so that you can remember this and take this with you. An empowered empath always knows that they have the choice between being an influencer of energy or being influenced. By energy. <laughs> okay? The disempowered empath doesn't know this. The disempowered empath is constantly being influenced by energy. They're constantly taking it in. They're letting the energy influence them. Okay? So the disempowered empath doesn't know they have another alternative. The empowered empath realizes the power that they have to at any given moment become an influencer of a situation, meaning that When I enter a space, if the energy is really low, really dense, really just just down here, I am immediately going to switch into influencer mode, meaning that I'm not going to be influenced by that energy. In fact, it's going to be the other way around. That energy will be influenced by me. (laughs) Okay? Now, do you see how important it is for you to know that you can be an influencer in a situation and not always just influenced? You can be influenced but you also have the role of being a powerful influencer. When you remember this, when you remember that I can be a powerful influencer, you'll never run away from any situation ever again. Because if you walk into a situation where there's a lot of negativity and a lot of density, you turn on your influencer chip. And you immediately overpower with your own energy of love, of joy. You overpower the density that's in that space. You become the influencer of energy, and that's an important part of your mission because you're not here to run away from negative energy. You are here to take negative energy and transmute it. An empath is an alchemist. (laughs) You're here to be an alchemist. You're here to grab all the negative gross energy, mold it, transmute it, and turn it into love. (laughs) That's what you're here for. Okay? So never forget this. An empath can be an influencer, but they can also be influenced depending on what the choice and what the energy presented to them is out of the million dollar question, and that is How the heck do I become an empowered empath? (laughs) Now that I know all these things, now that I've been through all these myths and I know the difference between a disempowered empath and an empowered empath, how do I become an empowered empath? And that's the fourth part of the video. I'm going to give you some tips on how to become an empowered empath today. So I'm going to share the three main ways for you to become an empowered empath. Uh, There are many more, but these three ways are essential. Okay. The first way to become an empowered empath is to love and accept yourself. Okay? Self-love is so, so important because it's the self-love that shatters the, the, the disempowering beliefs that you held before about what it meant to be an empath, okay? When you have a deep uh, deep self-love and deep self-acceptance, when you have this, you realize just how powerful empathic abilities are and how you can begin to use them, all right? If you're not in a position of being self-loving, then you remain in that disempowering disempowered uh, empathic stage because you just believe you have no power. That's what disempowered means. It's a person who doesn't believe they have any power. The more that you love yourself, the more that you accept yourself as you are, the more that you realize that being an empath is just an enormous gift that your soul chose, your soul chose to incarnate as an empath. It's a gift. It's one of the talents that you bring into this lifetime in the same way that a concert pianist comes prepared to be a concert pianist, okay? So you come prepared to be an empath, and the more that you love yourself, the more your empathic abilities will develop. Second way is also key, and that is know thyself. (laughs) I actually have tattooed on my back. And, and this is a really interesting story because this occurred before my spiritual awakening, I tattooed on my back the, uh, the inscription in the Apollo Theater at Delphi in Greece. There's an inscription in the Apollo Theater that says uh, Gnothysiaton, I think that's how it's pronounced in ancient Greek. Gnothi means know thyself. And I tattooed this on my back years ago before my spiritual awakening. I to this day have no idea why I chose that, why that was attractive to me, but I put it on my back and then when I had my spiritual awakening, I just started laughing because Goodness gracious! It was my soul trying to speak to me in the form of a tattoo, and so what I went, th- what I went through in the spiritual awakening was that is essentially what I did. I began to know myself. Know myself. You must know who you are, empath, <laughs> because here's the thing: a disempowered empath. You can only stay in the stage of disempowerment if you don't know who you are. Because the moment you know who you are, boom. Cha-ching. <laughs> You're empowered because you are God. You're God incarnated. You are the universe in a body. You are source energy in a physical body. You are so powerful and you must step into those shoes of being powerful. So you see, if you realize, if you self-realize and know who you are, you lose all of the fears. You lose all of this need to isolate yourself because you can't cope with energies. No. Then you start to... You start to stand taller and stronger because you realize, wait a minute, if I am source incarnated in a body, why do I keep running away from other energies? There is no other energy stronger than me. Woohoo! <laughs> and so, So once the more that you know yourself, the stronger you become as an empath. So know thyself empath, you're a powerful spiritual being. There is nothing stronger than you. And just this knowing will make you an exponentially powerful spiritual master, but also a powerful empath. And the third and last way for you to become an empowered empath is simply to know what an empath is, to truly know what an empath is on a more technical level. That's why I shot this whole video. (laughs) So after you, if you've gotten this far, you already know what an empath is. Okay. You know what an empath is from an empowered place, not from all those disempowering beliefs. Okay. The more that you know about the technicalities of being an empath, a lot of times people will comment, you know, they'll say in my videos, you have a really cerebral way of, of of talking about spirituality. And that's true, sometimes I am cerebral. I, that, that's just me, that's my energy. But the way the reason that I shoot these videos like this in a more cerebral way is because I want to give you actionable advice and actionable information. Because when you know, when you know certain things on a more cerebral mental way. That, that knowing just seeps into every layer of your being, and you begin to become more relaxed because the more that you know the whys of certain things, the more that you know about yourself, the more empowered you become, all right? So so that's the third um, the third aspect, is to just understand what it means to be an empath. Know all of the things that I just said in this video. You're not fragile. You're so strong. You're sensitive, but you're not fragile. You don't have to absorb energy if you don't want to. You're no target for narcissism narcissist and energy vampire if you don't want to. That's not what's going on here. Now you know that you as an empath are highly, highly gifted at detecting, reading, and processing information. (laughs) So now now that you're almost done with this video, you're on a whole other level of what it means to be an empath. But now I want to hear from you. Do you struggle with being an empath? Do you what stage are you at? Do you feel like you're in the empowered stage, or are you still in the disempowered stage? Let me know in the comments below. And if you have a question that you'd like me to answer on my weekly videos, leave them also in the comments and add the hashtag Ask Christina. <laughs> this is something new I'm starting because I used to have a question form uh, in the comments, but it would just I'm I've been getting really overwhelmed, so I think this is going to be an easier system. So if you have a question for my videos, leave them in the comments with the hashtag Ask Christina. Christina, and I'll pick them right out of the comments and answer as many as I possibly can. Don't forget to subscribe to my YouTube channel here, or go over to my website and join my email list where I share exclusive tips that I don't share anywhere else, and if you enjoyed this video, check it out. There are more over here. I love you, beautiful soul. You're doing so well. I am out.